Pulp MX Network production. You cast me, I'll complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? What's up? We are back with another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show for episode number 380 and 379, which was the Denver Live Show. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, episode 380 had Charles Caslew in studio. I want to first thank our sponsors, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech, Suspension, Michelin Starcross 5s, Maxima Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, and Atlas Brace, all sponsors of the Pulpamex Show and helping out with the wrap-up show. I am Darkside from the Moto X-Pod Show, and on the line with me this week is WPS rep, Mr. Craig Martin. What's up, Craig? Not too much. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Glad to have you on. Uh, I know you're an avid fan of the Pulp MX show. Can't wait to get your opinions. But uh, And you are brought to you by WUSA. And also on the line, brought to you by Guts Racing, the queen of Pulp MX, Miss Pookie Mathis. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Good. So good. Nice. Glad to have you on. Um, this is a, I'm pretty excited. I was glad when you offered to do it. Um, okay, so Craig, I you did listen to the live show for Denver, correct? Yes, I did. And you were at the A one live show. What do you think about these live shows? You think they should they should do them like every weekend, maybe? Yeah, I, I don't see why they wouldn't. Other than I know it's a lot of work and a lot of time and energy. Um, seems like Pookie does all the work though. <laughs> she does. I heard that. Steve just shows up. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, yeah so, it's, it's a blast. If you if if uh, you people out there haven't been to one, you know you need to get to one because they're they're real fun. Uh, there's a lot of uh, entering going on, a little bit of uh, back talking and some keeper, and it's it's all good. It's a, it's a really fun time. Yeah, being in the audience is a blast, and listening to the audience members like yell out the inside jokes or. <laughs> You know, have their comments. Uh, Pookie, you are obviously have been at both of them, or all of them so far. I've been at two of them. Um, but the Denver one was pretty stellar. What would you think of it? I thought it was really good. Um, the only difference with this one is the green room. So, like, the backstage area was separate from the theater. So, when I was back there, I was totally away from the show and couldn't hear anything. So, um, I didn't actually hear a lot of what was going up on stage just because I was kind of running back and forth and wrangling and plus it was snowing and i was kind of pissed so <laughs> you were kind of pissed yeah you you had texted me or i think i had asked you a few days before said hey see you there and you're like yo bro i'm not coming it's snowing so I, I was like yeah i saw it in the forecast i'm out i i'm not a girl i'm not all about it no well, I was uh, pleasantly surprised that you came, or very glad that you came. Um, I think the crowd's reaction to you proves that you need to be at those things. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I would need to be there just to help out. Um, there's one coming up in New York that I'm not going to be at, so I'm kind of nervous. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine, but yeah. I would definitely like to be there if I can. Plus, I love meeting you know, the Pulp Nation and the Pookie Nation. Yeah, well, everybody that loves Pulp MX, I think, should love Pookie. You know, um, we we always need more Pookie. Um, yeah, so Debo, uh, you know, was Denny Stevenson was amazing. He he was very blunt and typical Denny Stevenson. Uh, and then Will Hahn was great too. Craig, did you did you have a highlight of either one of those guys that stood out to you? I think both those guys are very, uh, very cool guys in our industry, and they add a lot of content to our industry. Um, Denny and I have a little history back in the arena cross days, so I know Denny a little bit. And uh, Will was a rider for Team Green, so I know him pretty well. Right. And um, I really think that uh, I was actually wishing that Denny would have gone on a little earlier so we would have had a little bit more time with Denny on there. He's got a lot to say. Oh yeah, he's got stories for day. Pookie, how does the how does the time schedule work for those? Is it set up ahead of time, or does Steve just play it by ear? I'm sorry, how does the what go the lineup? The time schedule for each guest at a live show. Uh, well, you'd think that I would have a, like a, an outline so that I would have any idea if Will was on first or what time. I had no idea. I was okay. Just- same as the last one. I don't know. For some reason, I didn't know. But I was panicking when they were waiting so long to bring Will on because 
I knew Debo was going to come off. I, I do feel like they were running out of time, but like Steve said, it just flies by up there, and you know you can't see anything up there really. I know they have some time up there, but yeah, you know I think the guys are probably just yeah. Seems like five minutes up there, and an hour and a half has gone by. Yeah, it it, um, it went pretty fast for us in the audience, and to me, it all seemed like it clicked real well. So um, you panicking, I think, was unjust. It, it went really well, really smooth, and I think the fans loved it. Um, I want to ask you about the uh, X-Brand tear-off segment, Pookie. Um, so so you read the wrong, wrong questions, and it took about three or four questions before anybody realized it. How, how'd that feel? Well, I felt really bad until I realized how on-brand it is for Pulp MX for that to happen, and then I was kind of <laughs> like embraced it. But, right. yeah, I definitely wasn't on purpose at first. When, when he asked about Ping, I did I did know that that was a question from the previous show, and yeah. I thought he was just asking it again because it's so Moser, just to harp on it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, Ugh. yeah. And then, um, and then when that when they say said something about 2019 results in 2019 about the home life question, I, that's when I kind of figured it out, and I was like, oh my god! And I started scrolling <laughs> through my phone. I don't know if anybody has that video, but I started checking, and sure enough, because I don't ever text with just Moser, I have a group. With Moser, so yeah. When I when my text with Moser, I just went too far, and the only other text I had from him was the previous. <laughs> well, it, it, it made uh, it made it entertaining, and so n- no worries there. Well, let's move on to this Monday show, episode three eighty. Charles Caslu with one hundred percent goggles in studio. Uh, a lot of good guests. Um, Pookie, I know you didn't listen to the whole show, so we're gonna, we're, but we're gonna talk a lot about you tonight, anyway. So, um, Craig, as a whole, through episode three eighty, what did you think? What, what was the highlight of the show for you? I think uh, Bogle's interview. It's pretty raw. I'm pretty down to earth. Yeah, I think he and both uh, he and McAdoo both are parts of our sport that we need. We need guys that are got a lot on the line. They're putting in their Every race they put in is because it may be the last race until they figure out what they're going to do next, you know? So having both those guys on at the same time, I think both of them were awesome, honestly. Yeah, um, Pookie. Oh, uh, oh, go ahead. The other thing that was really awesome was the guy that called out you on being the drama queen. That was the other part. <laughs> yeah, that's that's in my notes. We're going to get to that. I don't know if you heard I that. I did hear that part. Okay, awesome. Well, I, I had seen that earlier in the day on YouTube because I was scrolling through the comments on the, or I was watching the press conference and scrolling through the comments, and I assume it's the same guy because there was another one on. It said, you know, what's up with Dark Side, the drama queen? But we're going to get into that. Um, uh, so, okay, opening part of the show, they, they talk about Denver. Um, Denver was a fantastic race. I mean, you know, Pookie, you're, you're 92 for life. That's one of the many, you know, AC, you're a huge AC fan. Took him a long time to get around um, Michael Moseman. That was an amazing race, watching him just be somewhat patient, but also at the same time being aggressive and fighting back. How nervous are you when you're watching AC race as such a big fan? And, and he's right there about to win a championship. Pookie. Um, I'm trying to remember, because you sat near us in the press box at the race. I'm trying to remember actually how many laps I probably watched. I mean, I'm pretty pathetic, and I'm sure Darkseid is probably so disappointed in me, but I was in and out of the press box. I was up and downstairs. I went and got my friend's phone so I could charge it. I went and got two cocktails for Chad Reed a couple times. Like, <laughs> I can't, um, you know, like watch every second just yeah. because I have ADD really bad, but um, I do remember being like super happy that he was going to win and like hoping that I would be able to talk to him afterward and, um, you know, get a picture, obviously. So. Right. Well, it's funny. You were in and out a lot, and then Heather would be like, where's Pookie? And she'd go looking for you, and she'd be gone for like 45 minutes. And you'd come back, and it was. And my chick the whole time was just like, she's she's watching the race. She's into it. So, But she hasn't been. I, to, I mean, years ago, I would too. But yeah. come on. I'm, I'm so jaded, I've, and I know I'm terrible. But She hasn't been to near as many as you have, So she and, and she doesn't get to go with me very often, so she was pretty into it. But I know you got to go be social. Craig, you watched it on TV. Um, what was the race like watching on TV? I haven't had a chance to watch it back yet. Was it, did it seem as exciting as it did to us? The fan response is that the fans were going crazy for Eli. Uh, what was it like watching it on the tube? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a great race. And, um, we couldn't really hear the fans quite as much. I don't think I heard a lot of people talking about how loud the fans were, but we couldn't really hear it as much, but you know, it was awesome. AC was, uh, I signed AC to team green, when he was riding Cobra 50. So I'm an AC for life guy too. 
And I saw, I signed him before he was even able to ride a 65. So nice. I, uh, I saw talent in him and, and was, uh, was the guy that signed him and got him on board Kawasaki. But um, so to, to see him in that position where maturity was such an important part where he wasn't putting it right in there, he, he knew that Musman could be a little bit of a – a loose cannon because he's never been in that position before. Right. And to see the maturity that, that Adam rode with was awesome, to be honest with you. It was really awesome. Yeah, and listening to him afterwards talk about that, like, hey, I, you know, he, he's sitting there considering what he should do with Michael because Michael's reading, riding really well, and he knows that it could go bad. He said a couple times, I think, uh, in the post-race interviews with Steve and um, in the press conference, you know, we could easily end up on the plywood and things could have went totally different. So he has to be really smart. He's definitely matured a lot this year. Um, fantastic to see. I think this championship is his, um, and and, I, and he deserves it. And I know Pookie, uh, being, a, being an AC fan like you are, that's you're, I'm sure you're going to celebrate in Vegas. I am. Um, did you guys see the picture that I posted on my story of me and AC the first time I yep. ever met him five years ago, and then the one from the other night? <laughs> yeah, it looks. His he looks like a lot. Like there's been more than a five year difference. <laughs> totally right. He's yeah. like two feet taller. Yeah, I yeah. love it. He looked like a little baby back then. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, Pookie, I don't know what your response to this question is, but I know that um, Craig probably noticed, and Steve talked a lot about the track was a lot easier than normal. Steve said many times that like they ran out of dirt on the triple. Um, some of the riders said the track was a lot easier. Craig, do you think that made for better racing though? Because everybody seemed to be on the same level, a lot closer. That's always the million dollar question because the really good guys train for a tough track and they wanted to be tough to separate everyone. But as fans, we wanted to all be brought together and those easier tracks seem to tend to bring them all together. And it's harder for the really good guys to get spread out too far and, you know, it was, it was uh, when AC said that uh, as soon as he passed Moseman, he kind of, you know, checked up for a second to take a breather to get his heart rate down, and Moseman just came right back in on him. Yeah, that's that's definitely a sign of the track because on a super tough track, he would have went by him quickly and been in front of him pretty far right away, and then been able to take a breather. But he knew that that wasn't going to happen. So, um, but, yeah, I think it was a good track. I think it. Uh, it definitely was an easier track, but it did lead for or lend us to have a good race and a, a good environment for the riders to be a little bit closer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I want to step back to something you said earlier. We were talking about the, the volume of the fans and that you didn't really notice on TV. And and Steve said a number of times that he didn't think it was the loudest race he's been to. He mentioned a couple others. Uh, what I found interesting is listening to Daniel Blair on main event. Uh, this I listened to it today. He recorded it Monday also. Um he said that on the floor, it was the loudest race he's ever been at fan-wise. That he actually had to turn, he you know, he has inner ears in, so he can't hear stuff outside normally, but he had to turn his volume up on his headset almost double normal to get, to not hear the fans. So um, I think the, the Denver crowd was pretty damn hyped to have Supercross and, of course, to have their guy Eli win like he did. So that's cool, man. I think it's going to be back on the schedule. I'd like to see it back. We had a blast up there. Pookie, I know you didn't love the weather, but other than the weather, uh, did, you got to spend a little bit of time in the city. You did a few things, I think. What did you think of the, the stadium, the crowd, and the city as a whole? Yeah, I thought it was really nice. It was beautiful, just as I expected. Um, Heather Kiefer is a big, big fan of Colorado, so she was definitely pumping it up. And yeah. uh, I've never seen her so smiley. From the moment we landed, or even where anytime we talked about our trip, because you know, we have a group text going with the Kiefers, and yep. Heather came, and you know, she's just so happy and just Anything Colorado, yeah, she's all about it. So, yes. I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan, too. She was she was a big Broncos fan, and just she was looking for John Elway. That's all she wanted to do is find John Elway. <laughs> uh, we were trying to get her in the locker room so bad. Yeah. Uh, we asked John a couple times, and it didn't end up working out. He said some stadiums are just harder than others, but, oh, man, that would have been so awesome for her. It would have been. But like you said, as a whole, that was a great trip. I was glad to be able to hang out with you guys and spend some time. Um, okay, so back to episode 380, Castlew in studio. The topic of Chris Kiefer running the Nationals comes up in the opening part of the show, uh, and Steve asks Castlew where he thinks Kiefer finishes. He he comes up with mid-20s. I think he said like 28, 25. Um, Craig, you've been around the industry a long time. You know Chris a little bit. You've seen some of his videos. What do you think about Kiefer's results? Because I really th- expect 
a little bit more out of him than that, just because I think he's in better shape than probably half the, a lot of those guys, just how much he rides. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I agree with Castle on okay. the fact that qualifying is going to be the hardest part, the way that they do qualifying now. And, um, yeah, once he gets in, I think he's going to be strong. Yep. But then again, if you remember when he rode uh, the Red Lands and he got to the track with all the ruts in it, mm-hmm. he kind of struggled a little bit. And these outdoor nationals are nothing but ruts now. You know, they prep them all the same. They look all the same. They basically make all the dirt the same, and it's always deep and ruddy with long ruts. And the fact that Loretta Lynn's as little as that place is <laughs> kind of slowed him down with the ruts. I'm, yeah. I'm a little concerned that that may be the one thing that when he when he comes on, you know, Monday or whatever after the first event there in Hangtown, I think, it, I think we're going to hear that, Holy cow! The ruts are terrible. Okay, so you don't I think, think that's what we're going to hear from him? So you don't think the fact that he's super experienced with the California dirt and those tracks, you think it's going to be so different it's, at the national that it that really oh, won't yeah. help him much? Yeah, I, I mean, I lived there for ten years and I watched this national come in and out of Hangtown, and I've been there on amateur days, um, weeks before and after, and yeah. I've been there for the national and the same thing. I, mean, I rode nationals and it was the same thing back in the day a little bit, but. Uh, it's it's so much different. Yep. You know, Glen Helen is a completely different racetrack on National Day. Hangtown is a different racetrack on National Day. They all are. Okay. And um, so his experience, other than back in the day when he rode Nationals, you know, I mean, let's not let's not forget he he's already been there and done it. Yeah. So he does have some some experience, but I think that it's been a long time ago, and I I really think that's going to be the one thing that he's going to come out of the event with or the events with is that, man, I got to learn how to ride routes. <laughs> well, he needs to come east. We talked about that uh, this weekend, him, him coming out here, hopefully next year for some 250 testing, which didn't work out this year. But um, Pookie, you, I'm going to guess that you uh, don't really know how, St- how um, Chris is going to do in the Nationals, but you do know that your husband is going to be the team manager for the first two rounds. What are your thoughts on that, and how do you think he's going to do? Uh, well, he's very good at um, bossing people around and um, calling people jerk-offs and, um, yeah, make, making him do stuff that he doesn't want to do. So he's excited about it. Um, he said as long as he doesn't have to pick up any wrenches and right. all he has to do is tell people what to do, he's fine. So, um, yeah, I think they're just going to have a fun weekend out of it. Um, I wish Keeper the best. I have no idea about, you know, racing and qualifying. and sure. I, Yeah, I have no idea. But Well, you're Supercross um, only, so I figured you did not. Um <laughs> But how about uh, any chance that we see you show up at either one of those rounds to support your husband? <laughs> um, where are they again? Paula uh, and Paula and Hangtown, which is Sacramento. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, the five percent chance, maybe. No, okay, five percent no. of the of five. The the percent pie the, uh, is five percent. Fair enough. Um, okay, so let's talk about you a little bit, Pookie. Um, you're Supercross only. You have your guys for sure. 15, uh, Tim Ferry, 27, Nick Way, 92, uh, AC. Why do you? Why are, you, are these guys – what does it take to become for Pookie to become a super fan? Is it personality? I, I would assume it's mostly personality. Is it looks with Nick Way? You know, what, what goes into what makes you excited about a rider? Well, if Steve works for you as a mechanic, you're my guy. So okay. Nick was always my guy. Kelly Smith was my guy. Danny Smith was my guy, but only for a minute. And Steve didn't really get along with him too much anyway. So, um, But, yeah, Nick and Kelly um, and Timmy were like, yeah, they're my guys automatically. Um, it helps that they also are, you know, awesome guys, and Steve has really good close friendships with them. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as other people, um, it really just is only about how you are with me. It's really just only about my own self because – um, if you're nice to me and I get a good vibe from you, or if you're friendly, you know, sometimes people are very shy or, um, maybe just not outgoing or, um, you know, they just don't really interact with the wives a lot, but yeah. you know, other, other people are very different. So, um, yeah, for me, it's just how it's just based on my own personal interaction with the person. Um, I've always gotten along with Adam and always liked him, um, since he was a kid, but there's been other people where I've, um, you know, started to cheer for them and then started maybe kind of get to know them a little bit and was like, mm, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. Well, how about with – you're the same way with your hockey players. Uh, you've got your guys, um, but I'm going to assume you don't have the the one-on-one connection with those guys. How does that come about for you? 
Um, I don't. Honestly, right now, I just my guys are <clears throat> anybody who has anything to do with BGK because it's just playoff time, and I'm just so focused on it. But, yeah, last year, I just um, – obviously, the number 15, and I checked him out, and his picture was really cute. So, John Merrill, <laughs> the defenseman, was like, my guy. But it's really just about, again, how they play and um, right. the whole team. And I remember sitting there trying to memorize the, the pictures to go along with the numbers in case I ever saw any of the guys around gotcha. town. Because I were – I work on the strip in case I ever saw any of these guys. I need to be prepared and, like, know who they are. So I studied the lineup. And anytime we bring a new guy on, I'm like, yes, I need to know you. Okay, perfect. It, just a little secret, Pookie, and I don't want anybody else to know this, but that's how um, Craig Martin picks his fantasy team is by looking at their pictures and deciding who's the cutest. <laughs> hey, you got to go by how you feel sometimes. <laughs> All right. My results show it, too. Yeah, exactly. All right, Craig. So uh, the first guest of the night uh, was Justin Bogle. You've already touched on him a little bit. Pretty honest, pretty raw. Um, not your cookie cutter, you know, I'm just going to thank my sponsors type of interview. Um, I, I like him a lot. He's a good dude. He he kind of has, you know, been a fill-in rider here and there. Um, and, and he talked about, you know, it took a long time to get going with the switch to Rocky Mountain. Uh, what are your thoughts on Justin Bogle and his improvements th- through the year so far? And does that earn him? Should that earn him something for outdoors full time? It definitely should earn him something. Whether or not he'll get anything is always that million dollar question, depending on what's available. And you know, I think this year with the movement that's available and the, the rides that are available, I think it's going to be a very late season for us to actually know where everyone's going to be. And I don't think that plays well for a guy like him, um, you know, because it's every year that he seems to be waiting until, you know, December 20th or whatever to figure out where he's going to ride and how he's going to ride. So then he starts out bad because he's, you know, hasn't been on the bike, hasn't tested, hasn't been with the team. And then he has to build himself back up. Um, but I, I think he's um, he's definitely improved and definitely riding well and, um you know, he shared a lot of uh, oomphs there when he was fighting with all those guys and not really giving up. And yeah. that's been something that, uh, you know, seemed to have been lacking for for the uh, kind of the middle section of the season. I think he started off pretty good. But I think the middle part of the season is when he kind of had a little bit of a lull, and then um, he definitely came back on strong now. So he's, he's riding awesome. Yeah, definitely, and I love seeing it. I, I I like I like these guys that are sort of getting their second and third chances. Um, I'm always pulling for all these guys to have a, you know, to do well. I just I hate seeing anybody kind of just lose their their spot. It, it bums me out. Um, I'm I'm too nice of a person probably. But one of the topics they talked with Bogle on was the the quote unquote rough riding, you know, between Cooper and Marv. It's a big topic right now. Um, and Bogle, his response was, well, did either one of them go down? Basically saying, no big deal, you know. Um, Pookie, how much about this rough riding controversy do you know? And what do you think about, what are your opinions on aggressive riding? Um, um, I, yeah, I don't really know too much about it. Um, mm-hmm. I just hear kind of what Steve and them are talking about, or if it happens, you know, in front of me in the press box, I might hear some side commentary between Stephen Weege or Stephen, whoever's sitting near him. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. And on my reaction time and, and watching the racing, my attention to detail isn't quick enough to, sure. to know if thing is dirty or not. So if it's one of my guys that gets taken out, like, F you, dude. And if it's one of my guys that takes someone out, like, it's a racing incident. Perfect. I, <laughs> I love that's a great answer. What about you, Craig? I, I think that what Marvin and uh, – Webb did is just normal supercross racing, and the only reason we're even talking about it is because they're one and two, or they were one and two in points. Yeah, and they are on the same team. That's the only reason we're talking about it. I, so that was easy racing right there. There was nothing wrong with anything happened okay. there. You know the the Bowers on Barsha. That's a little different little scenario there that is a little bit <laughs> out of control. But uh, but what they did there that was nothing. Right. So yeah, you've been you've been around this industry a long time, and like you've worked with a lot of these guys. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like that line of whether it's too aggressive or not is if you take somebody out, or if they both go down, or you know, it's kind of it's, I think it's situational usually. But do you have a definite line where that was too too aggressive? Um, I've always 
being the guy that if my handlebar is in front of your handlebar, it's my racetrack and you need to react to me. So all these guys that come into these corners, like the Marvon Eli, and I know I'm going to get killed for this, <laughs> but the Marvon Eli thing in Boston last yep, year, yep. that was, to me, that was Eli's fault. Marv got his handlebars in front of him, and Eli did not react to where Marv was coming. And so even that, as harsh as that one looked, I still don't think that that was – if I was Marv, I would have put it right in there. Right. I wouldn't even have thought twice. Well, I and go ahead. I feel bad for him actually because of how bad he got beat up over. But uh, you know, the the bottom line is is that you know racing takes a little bit of an aggressive attitude to be able to be fast and good at it, and we can't keep arguing about whether or not this is bad or not. And obviously, if somebody gets hurt, that's it. That's the line that's that's too far. Okay. You know? Well, and I I totally agree with you on the Marvin Eli thing last year. Um, like I, I know a lot of people had some very very definite opinions of Marvin being at fault, but to me he got turned. Um, and the biggest thing I say to everybody is like if those roles had been reversed and Eli had done that to Marvin, the crowd would have went nuts and they would have been cheering for Eli. It, it's something to do with you know, Americans at times just being assholes to, you know, quote unquote foreigners. And that's all there is to it. The hate that Marvin got after that to me was disgusting. I, I just don't like it. Marvin's a great guy. Um, didn't like it, but anyway, we'll, we'll move on. I was just curious. Um, so JT, we get JT on the line as usual, uh, lined up for the X brand tear offs. A couple of the topics they talked about, um, was, you know, Stu, Stu on the video, uh, James Stewart, Pookie, I don't know if you saw the James Stewart video, but he commented that, you know, he can't even figure Eli out. So, Pookie, what do you think about Eli Tomac and his ups and downs, or do you even have an opinion on Eli? Um, no, I don't. Eli is not really on my radar okay. because he's not really one of my guys. Like, sure. I know he's uh, had his ups and downs, and I know they're trying to, like, what's wrong with Eli? Yeah. Fix Eli. It's the old Eli. It's the new Eli. And I know there have been some changes at Cowie and – you know, just stuff like that. But yeah, it's not um, not one of my storylines that I'm following. <laughs> totally understand. No worries. Um, how about you, Craig? You're, you you worked for Kawasaki for years. Uh, you know a lot of the people in that you know in, within that company. Um, what are your thoughts on Eli and his ups and downs? I think it's something with him mentally. I don't think it's a bike thing. No, it's not a bike thing. You know, Williamson said over and over and over again, the bike is great. The bike is great. The bike is great. And I am totally with Steve that setup is not the reason that a guy gets 10th place or first place. Right. That just, that's a mental thing. If it's a little setup, if it's a little stiff or a little too riding too high in the front or whatever, the, the rider should be able to and can make a lot of difference up in that motorcycle in body position. And when guys like that let that get to them and let them, you know, have poor results over it, shame on them, in my opinion. I agree. All right, so we're going to switch topics just a little bit. Um, first, I want to thank some more of the, of the Pulpamex sponsors, um, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower Battery and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, LAHondaWorld.com, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, OGO Bags, and Ride Engineering, all on board with Pulpamex Show, taking care of you guys. If you want to find the discounts, go to PulpamexShow.com. There are discount codes there, or uh, use the contact form to hit up Steve, and he could get you one if it's not on the website. Um, but, Pookie, I want to focus a little bit more on you since you're on the show tonight, and uh, I'm very excited to have you on here. As I said, um, you, you don't come on the main show, on the Pulp Show, very often. Um I love it when you're on. I love tits versus tits or any of the times you're just, even when you're in the background yelling at Steve, um, is there a reason you don't come on as often? Uh, does Steve, you know, is he bossing you around telling you not to come on or you just don't want to do it? No, I think Steve is fine if I'm on or not on either way. Um, I definitely feel like I'm not. I remember being on a lot more in my old house, um, especially at the end of the show, if I'm getting bored or if I've had some wine and I'll just go upstairs and put the, the headphones on and listen or, um, but yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like 
like, nobody wants to hear from me, and maybe it's going to be annoying, and I don't ever want anybody to hear it and be like, oh, like, her voice is so annoying, or I hate when she's on, or, you know, I don't want it to be too much, so I just probably have low self-esteem. Um, well, before <laughs> I'm afraid people are going to be so annoyed, like by my voice or right. when I'm on, or and just be like, no, it's a no for me. Well, before I respond, Craig, uh, what do you think about that? Because we hear that stuff when when um, uh, Brittany Chisholm's on or Brady Bowers has been on, and even hell with the makeup to mud segment on TV, some of the writer fans, whatever. The, the you know they they bitch and complain oh this is stupid you know I just want to hear the motocross stuff which that's definitely not a knock against Gringo Gringo loves Pookie but what are your thoughts uh, Craig when Pookie's on or some of the wives I think it's cool yeah. mean, they're a big part of this whole equation hundred percent nothing happens without them so you know I I think we get enough content let's 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 be frank here um, just this one podcast is five hours long. We get enough motocross. We get enough of the motocross. Yeah. And so <laughs> getting to know the people that are around the people that we're talking to is cool. It's a, it's a, uh, a part that actually is one of the reasons why I listen to the thing is, you know, Pulp Mex is, I, uh, I started listening about two years ago now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I listen to every single show because I drive all day long. I don't, I don't have anything else to do but listen to, to uh, podcasts. And um, it's still by far the most interesting. It gives me the content I need out of it. It gives me the um, insight into the people, whether it's the writers, the wives, the husbands, the the press people, you know, whatever it is, but it's just, you know, they, they, uh, it's the whole thing that makes it so interesting. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I, I, Steve has said before, cause I've talked to him, um, Pookie, you don't know this, but at St. Louis last year, I asked Steve if I could get you on our show, the Moto Xpod show. Cause every few months I do like a wives, girlfriend show. Um, and he's like, man, usually when I do that, I do get a lot of negative response. Like the, the listeners get irritated, but for us, some of the most popular shows we had have been the wives shows. And I, I think I handle it a little different. Um, I usually like to get their story, how they get involved, what their part is, uh, in the, in the, in the program. But, um, I, for one, love hearing you on Pookie. And I know you have a lot of fans. Um, don't have that low self-esteem. Try to come on the show more. Uh, fuck the ones that hate. There's always going to be haters. I mean, hell, I'm seeing that in the last few weeks from doing this show. So <laughs> you got to get on there and do it because I think a lot of people really love having you on. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I probably should. Yeah, I just I should venture down more. I'm upstairs trying to wrangle dogs. And right, right. And yeah, who knows what else? Okay, so making I, cookies. Th- um, that's where I'm going next. I want to know what Pookie snacks are specifically. <laughs> Lately, Pookie snacks have been just a classic Nestle Toll House chocolate chip cookie recipe from the back of the bag. Okay, only I only I substitute flax eggs. I don't use regular eggs. Um, but no, I try to just make a treat for the commercial break, second commercial every every week. So. Um, I try to make something homemade just because I know, you know, sometimes some people don't get a lot of homemade snacks. Sure. It's, not, it's not that hard. So um, I used to do like a homemade dinner. If there was more than a couple of people coming over, I would make a big, you know, pan of something. But then Steve would say that I would always get way too stressed out and then I would be in a bad mood and then just forget it. Don't do that. So I'm not allowed to really cook for a bunch of people anymore, but... Like for example, Charles. The other day, I, I we went and got I, I went and got Chipotle for everybody and brought it back and Starbucks and everything. So Mondays I don't work past three o'clock and work at all, and I make sure I'm home to get you know things taken care of for these boys. Okay. See, I thought Pookie Snacks was a specific treat that you made, and it was the same every time. So I, I learned something. Um, Right. No, it's just a commercial break snack. Just nice. whatever I serve. It's been Rice Krispie treats, um, sometimes ice cream, ice cream cookie sandwiches. Yeah, it depends. Fruit sometimes. And sometimes people don't want it. Like you could tell if uh, sometimes Kiefer will try to, uh, no, no, I'm not, no cookies. And it's like, oh, really? Eat a freaking cookie. Like I baked this for you. Oh, yeah. Or like riders come over and they're like, oh, no, do you have any fruit? I'm like, no, like eat a cookie. <laughs> yeah, Stop that's, it. 
Yeah. Dark side does not eat healthy. I like ice cream and cookies and fried food and chocolate and what, whatever is bad for me. That's pretty much what I like. So, yeah. You, you and Travis Marks. Travis will always take what I make. Um, Steve will take anything usually unless it's peanut butter cookies, which he hates. <laughs> and he gets really pissed when I make them, but I love them. And Daniel Blair requests them. Nice. So when Daniel comes, I always make the peanut butter cookies and Steve gets pissed. <laughs> well, Daniel will be in uh, studio not next Monday because you guys are off, but the following Monday. So, yeah, be prepared, I guess make some peanut butter cookies. Oh, sorry, Stevie. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to the caller. Um, they called in um, Jonesy, I think is his name, called in um, – no, that's not the right. I'm going through my notes here. Uh, okay, Joe. Joe was a caller who said, what's up with Dark Side the Drama Queen? Um, all right, Craig. So you heard the whole topic. Um, Pookie, I don't, you, you heard it too, so I guess you know what's going on. Uh, Craig, what's your opinion? What do you think about the press conferences and um, I guess the caller thinking that I was trying to stir the pot? I'm with Steve, because things are the biggest waste of time. Nobody's going to say anything out there that anybody really cares to hear. I still listen to them every time, just waiting for something to come out. Yeah. But it never happens. And, you know, Cooksey last year, a few years ago, whatever, asked that question of three years on. Cooksey asked that question, and then Dungey got all mad. That was the one time in whatever, three years now, that somebody's actually had a response to a question that was worth watching, and I heard I heard you ask those questions, and I knew I knew AC wasn't going to be able to comment, right? And, but I like the fact that you asked it because, hey, we're all wondering, and I think it just was funny that you asked it, you know, and um, and the question about Marvin Webb again, there's no way you're going to get that out of him, yeah. But the bottom line is, is that that's what we all want to know. We all want to know. We'd love to have a hidden camera and see what's going on down there. Now, I listened to a podcast um, that Webb was on about three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Marvin was in California for the last week. It yeah, wasn't I, down in Florida. Yeah, I think Steve mentioned wow. that. It was right after the rough, after Houston, wasn't it? Like that, that next week? Uh, maybe. I, yeah. think, I think Steve I, mentioned and I text, that. Yeah, because yeah, I texted Marks real quick. Because I tried to call in, and it just went straight to voicemail. It yeah. wasn't even answering. Yep. And so I texted him and told him that. And um, and that's when Steve mentioned, he said that he got a text that um, Marv was actually in California. And um, so I don't know if he still is, obviously. But at that point, the person doing the podcast asked uh, Webb, he says, hey, you know, what's the deal? How's it going? Whatever. And he says, you know, I don't know. Because Marv's in California. He's been there for a week. <laughs> Right, and they were like, "Oh, why did he do that?" And he says, "You'd need to ask him." <laughs> you right. know, right? So it, again, he's not going to. He's that kid, man. I tell you what, I, I can't. I can't tell you how impressed I am with how that guy's handling his career in 2019. No, yeah, no doubt. Maybe he, not before, but in 2019, he has been perfect. Yeah, he he told me at one of the press conferences that you know he's matured a lot and. Uh, he, he this year it took a few after the first couple wins, um, it still it hadn't completely sunk in yet that he was at that level. Like he was still a little, he was building his confidence still, um, and and you can see that. And he, it, I think it's set in, and I think he understands what he needs to do. Uh, but like I tried explaining uh, Monday night to Steve is that I really wasn't asking like the way it came out, I wanted to know, like if it was me personally and I'm Marvin Muskan and I'm supposed to be the number one guy, but my teammate is beating me every week and nothing I do seems to work. Uh, and then we have contact and my trainer, Alden Baker is telling us to play nice. Still in my mind, I'm going to be like, fuck, this is irritating. You know, that's what I want to know. Like in your mind, when you're out there writing, is it difficult to deal with that? Um, and I didn't really get to finish the question, and he probably still wouldn't have answered honestly. But um, Pookie, you 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 hear some of the press conference talk, I'm sure. Uh, you heard Steve's opinions on the press conferences. It's supposed to be a professional sport. You love hockey. Uh, you know this press conferences and hockey, and the, they ask the the team members, the players, the the managers, the coaches, whatever questions. I mean, what are we supposed to do at a, motor, a Supercross press conference other than 
try to ask questions that we want answers to. I don't know. I've, I don't know. I, part of me is like, see, if they want you to go to the press conference, then go. You know, like, I feel like he's always so, like, anti-establishment. But <laughs> then I see his point. Like, he said that one time he timed it and Eli spoke for two and a half minutes right. and didn't anybody else and that was all the audio that they gave but you know at the same time i watched a press conference with mark andre Fleury today after their amazing game four win and the guy is just asking him the most generic do you feel like you're in playoff hockey mode now <laughs> right it's like guy it's game four we're in playoff hockey mode and, and and flurry's just like yeah you know i'm playing good and i feel good and then he's like no but do you feel like he's like yeah no i feel good i'm good so I don't know. I feel like no matter what you ask, aren't you always going to kind of get a generic answer? To some degree, yes. Uh, especially, okay, the way the Supercross ones are is you get down there and you if before it starts, you can grab those guys that are in there and do one-on-one stuff. So like Steve's point usually is, why would I ask during the press conference where everybody has a chance to answer and everybody has a chance to hear their answers uh, why would I ask a question that I would rather ask one-on-one for my personal Pulp MX stuff or my my Moto X-Pod show? Like, why would I want to ask a question for Racer X or, or Feld or whatever to hear when I could do it separately? And that's what Steve's opinion is. Like, I'm going to get outside. I'm going to get more personal stuff that I don't really want to share with everybody else. Uh, and I get more guys, you know, which, I mean, that's a fair... I think what his opinion is fair. If more people went to the press conference, then he, I'm sure, would go. Uh, for me, I kind of have to go because our show is re- pretty new still, uh, and it would be very easy for Feld just to say, you know what, we're not going to give you credentials because you don't come to the press conference. Um, right. So I have to go, and that's fine. I get, I get decent content, but that's over the last year and a half, I've been trying to ask better questions when I go or more aggressive questions, and. Um, you know, I I had heard the AC thing <laughs> not too not too uh, long before I actually asked the question. I had just heard the 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 rumor, and I thought, well, man, I'm going to ask it. And um, I did get pulled aside by Feld and by Kawasaki, and like, hey, I didn't like that question. Um, the Kawasaki didn't like the question because they would rather, and I understand, they would rather wait till they have a press release that. You know, they don't want their stuff out there. I get it. And then the, Sean from Feld told me that I needed to have confirmation probably before I asked about rumors. And I don't know if he was joking or not. Um, anyway, it was no big deal. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, but the whole reason I brought this up, I guess, is because the caller called in. Um, he seemed to have a little bit of negativity towards my questions. So let's talk about social media keyboard warriors, Pookie. Steve gets a lot of you know negativity. He gets the the hate. Um, you're his wife. You're very very defensive of Steve. Um, what do you think about social media as a whole and the negativity that comes from social media? Um. Oh gosh, I've had such an up and down and long road with this whole thing. Yep. Um, you know, Steve has embraced you know Twitter since the beginning and. Um, I think parallel to my disappearance on the Pulpomex show, you could also see I'm not on Twitter anymore. Um, I barely post on my Instagram. Um, I just don't, uh, yeah, it's not because I feel like I need to guard myself or, you know, anything like that. I I would just say that I I would just rather not deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Steve Steve does engage people sometimes, and I feel like it's justified. And then at other times when he engages people, I wish that he kind of wouldn't. Um, but, you know, that's up to him. If people are going to talk shit to him and, and, you know, it hits a nerve with different people and it hits a nerve with Steve in different ways. I mean, if you talk shit on the Ridgeline, like, you're blocked. Yeah. He will block you. Right. I don't know if you guys heard on the other day when he was talking about um, somebody asked why they were blocked or something. That was he Monday, asked, yeah. If you call me a name or um, something, I'll block you. And then I was upstairs taking a bath and I was like, oh, you forgot about the truck because I know that he has blocked many of people for their comments about Ridgeline, even if they just say, like, you know, like, nice truck. Like, right. he's very sensitive about it. But you know what? It's his own Twitter. And like like he said, he doesn't owe anybody a- anything on his social media. It's at Pulpa Mex, which is at Steve Mathis. So yeah. he can say whatever he wants. He doesn't owe them only Moto content. So I think for people to say that is, is douchey. And I also agree with, you know, if you complained about the dirt bike thing, the other mountain bike thing, sorry, the other week, 
uh, yeah, you're a jerk off. And like, if he, oh, you shouldn't call your followers that, but yeah, <laughs> no, you are. Sorry. <laughs> like, right. So, I, whatever. Yeah. Whatever Steve does, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, you're you're defensive, and that's there's nothing. Uh, you you support your husband, and I think that's you know admirable, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Craig, social media can also be a very positive thing when we have we actually have a connection where we can sometimes get responses from the people that we like, like our our favorite writers, or hell, even you know, like I, I love Dax Shepard. He's one of my favorite actors, and he's responded to oh me. My on God, Twitter. me too. All right, are you are you a arm are you an arm cherry? No, because I'm not really a podcast listener, but I do love Dax Shepard. Yeah, Dax is my man crush, but we'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut that out of this, this particular interview. But, uh, Craig, what do you think about social media and the negativity that comes with it? I, I really hate the negativity part of it. I do think that there's a lot of positive things that can come out of social media. Obviously, families can get together. You mm-hmm. know, groups of people can get together. You know, like our little chat room thing that you that we do for the um the pulp fantasy you know there's there's little groups of people that are doing things positively um but the bottom line is is that i just i just don't like how the world thinks that it's okay to beat up on people on social media or in any kind of non-face-to-face confrontational kind of thing if you got something to say to somebody you need to always think about it before you type it as to whether or not you would say it that way if they yeah. stand in front of you. Right. If the answer is no, don't do it. Yeah. You know, treat people like you would treat them face-to-face. Right. And I've seen it. I really never got a lot of negativity directed towards me until I started this wrap-up show. <laughs> and I've seen a little bit of it. It's not bad, but it's it's interesting. Um, and I usually try to respond back and be re- very nice and be like, okay, hey, I appreciate your, uh, constructive criticism and I'll see what I can do. Um, all right. So we haven't really talked a lot about the guests of episode 380, um, which we're probably not going to get into too much detail tonight. We're starting to run short on time, but we had James Schuster with Vertex Pistons, who was extremely knowledgeable about the technical side of his products. Uh, Kristen Beats was on. She was. Uh, she's really obviously tries very hard and does a lot of research to be good at what she does. That's pretty impressive. I like that. Uh, Cameron McAdoo, you talked about him earlier, Craig. A great guest. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna stay away from that a little bit tonight. Um, I want to talk about the pulpies. I've gotten a lot of response to people wanting the pulpies to come back. Um, Craig, did you like the pulpies? And what did you think of that? You know, he did it two years in a row, and then he kind of flaked this last year when I put all the work together, Pookie. But that's all right. Craig, what do you think about the pulpies? I think they're awesome. I know it's a lot of work, maybe, but I think that this show that you're doing right now, and I saw somebody post something or – I saw somewhere where somebody said, hey, why don't you just do them on the review show? Yeah. And um, so I, I'm all for that. I think that the Pulpies were fun. I thought it was great. Um, I think there was a lot of fun had with it. And there's still, I mean, they still talk about Nick Way leaving his on the, <laughs> in in the, the studio. studio and yeah. stuff, you know. So, you know, the bottom line is, is that I think it, it – uh, Steve's got his hands full. He's yep. got a lot going on. Very busy. And I think that uh, – if it's something that he kind of, you know, pushes over to you and that you could do it, I think it'd be awesome. Well, um, yeah, I, but, you I, know, the bottom line is I think he's going to have to have his blessing on it, but I, uh, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I, um, I told that I responded to that tweet and said, yeah, well, why does well do it? I mean, last year, you know, at the end of last year, I put together a topic list and had all the show numbers and sent it to Steve and he decided not to do it. I could do that again and we'll just do it ourselves. But, I won't be able to produce the actual awards. That would have to be up to Steve. Pookie, what do you think about the Pulpies, and was it really just a, a tremendous amount of extra work for Steve, or do you even know? Um, I know, yeah, I don't really know like what the work involvement is with Steve. I, I'm assuming if he didn't do it, that it was more than he wanted to put into it. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, other than that, I don't know. I mean, I know the guy who makes the Pulpies, and he's awesome. Janky Mike, he also made the helmet hooks for the helmet wall in the studio, and He's a good guy, so I don't think I don't think there was a problem there. But right. yeah, as far as the work that goes into it, I'm just assuming it was probably just too much if he was, or he wanted someone else to do it and they didn't do it, so he wasn't going to do it either. Yeah, that may be. He, I'm sure there's. 
Go ahead, Craig. I'm I'm sure there's a little bit too for Steve. These these people are all his really close friends, and to pick one over another is probably kind of hard for him to do. Yeah, no, he doesn't have a problem breaking anybody's heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah and, no, you're not the favorite. Right. You lose. You're a well, loser. and he wasn't the one doing the picking anyway. So, um, I think what he what I got from him this year was that he didn't think it would like. I don't think he thought everybody cared that much, like the fans. Um, so yeah. we'll have to do like a Twitter poll or something. And, and then, I mean, I'm definitely be willing to do what my part and try to help put it together again. Um, hey, Pookie. So hockey or motocross or hockey or supercross, if you had to pick one and that's all you get for the next, let's say for just a year, what do you pick? Like starting from right now, because hockey playoffs nope. just started let's and, say, I, and there's no way I can give it up. Let's say 2020, you have to pick supercross or hockey. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I have to go with hockey only because I'm so much more into hockey right now, yeah. and I haven't been to racing in the last couple of years. And you saw firsthand how much racing I actually watch on a Supercross day. Yeah. Like, I probably have the best seat in the house between sitting right next to Steve and Weege, which is my favorite place to sit because they are hilarious together. But. Yep. Uh, yeah, I just don't take advantage, and I'm sorry, and no, I'm ashamed. And you, yes, please feel free to at me because I deserve it. <laughs> well, my fiance was sitting on my right. Steve was a couple seats down on my left, and Amber Amber laughed out loud every time Steve would pipe up with some smart ass comment. You know, um, like whether it be about um, I, I can't remember the the French guy's boots. They get they got they didn't have his boots, but whatever comment had Jimmy D's boots or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever comment Steve would say, Amber would laugh out loud. And I'd look at her, and be like, "What are you laughing at?" She said, "He's just funny." I was like, yeah, fair enough. Can't argue. So they just are, and so and you know what? Half the time he's just—they're just doing it to make each other laugh, right? So they, yeah, we just Steve or or Steven, whoever. They just, yeah, they're doing it to make each other to laugh, which is even more funny. I don't know. I love it. it it's good stuff. Um, I want to step back when you first met Steve, uh, when you were young, Pookie, and Steve was young, Steve. Um, could you have ever seen Steve doing what he does now? I mean, was he? You know, he has a little bit of a persona sometimes of being like kind of like a smart ass. Um, but he ha- you have to be somewhat personable to do what he's doing now as a podcaster. Could you if somebody had told you when you first met Steve and you first started dating, you know, 10 years from now, whatever it is, Steve's going to be the number one. Basically, he's going to be the Howard Stern of motocross, supercross. Would you have thought that possible? Um, I would have thought it possible, but not the part where some people hate him. Because when I met Steve, I just thought that he was so cool and so nice and so friendly. And, you know, he's Canadian, so he and he wasn't as jaded. He wasn't as Americanized as right. he is now. So back then, he I think he was maybe probably just came across as a little more friendly or even maybe just a little more Canadian, which to me comes across as friendly. But... Um, I remember thinking when I would find out that people didn't like Steve, like, how could you not like this guy? He is so, like, so this is the greatest guy. Yeah. Now, smash cut all these years later, I definitely understand why people don't like Steve or how they couldn't like Steve because uh, he is not scared to, you know, say anything that's on his mind, which is obviously very admirable. Um, but it's, in terms of... Um, starting his own thing and doing his own thing and not working for somebody else. Yes. All of the Mathis men, um, that's in their blood. They do not work with other people well or for other people well at all. So to, for Steve to be um, his own boss, yes, I definitely uh, would have predicted that. No problem. Okay. Now, Craig, I can't ask you about that because you didn't know Steve back then, I assume. But based off what Pookie just said, um, that he's not afraid to say stuff that maybe hurt somebody's feelings or he's very honest. He, he, he discusses, he'll say his opinion. Um, that is a key part of being a good journalist, but in motocross, supercross in our, in our industry, it seems like a lot of the industry people get pissed about that. Um, what do you think about that part of his personality? And you, you don't really see that in football. If somebody, if Troy Aikman says, you know, whoever is having a bad day or they, they're in a slump, that's part of the why is our sport different and and just discuss how Steve how Steve is as a journalist in your eyes. I think he's awesome. I um I have been around a lot of those journalists and uh, over the years and I think that the guys that have a problem with Steve are honestly just jealous of the fact that he's able to be honest 
maybe not say what somebody wants to hear, and the people still like him. Yeah. You know, he can say stuff about Zach Osborne, you know, like, I mean, dude, that race, that sucked. You're terrible. <laughs> right, right. And Osborne will be like, yeah, I know. You know? And other journalists can't get away with that stuff to anybody. Even though they may think that they have a good relationship with all these guys, the other journalists can't get away with that stuff. And I think that uh, he's done a really good job of the industry kind of knows what they're getting with yep. him as far as he's able to kind of call it as it is. And yet the industry still, for the most part, the industry still embraces him. I mean, he can walk in any semi out there pretty much right. and uh, hang out with 90% of the people out there. And, you know, there's a, there's a few, you know, El Hombre kind of guys out there that, you know, but they all come around. Every I was going to say, I think another testament to it is the fact that so many people that used to not block Steve or not talk to Steve come around right. and then they yeah. are like, oh, okay. Cause, because then they start to realize like, really, you are just getting the raw truth, the raw in, and he just tries to keep it so um, like a mainstream sport because he's so into mainstream sports. And, you know, believe me, I wake up to hockey podcasts, baseball podcasts, <laughs> like it's nonstop sports with this guy, not even just motocross. So right. I feel like he does really try to use his own platform to elevate the sport of motocross, you know, to another level, you know, a la, you know, baseball, football or whatever right. hockey that follows. Well, Pookie, what, is there any trait that Steve has that you could, that, is to you uh, very negative, like something that you would like to see if you could change it, you would. Um, honestly, all these years later, no. I mean, my first thought is to say like, <laughs> like I hear him screaming right now because the Leafs just scored within one to, to, to in this game. And he used to get so pissed about when the Leafs like, it affected his life if oh, yeah. they weren't performing well or if this game, you know, if they got knocked out of the playoffs. And, you know, as a, my own team hockey fan, I get it more now. So, I, But I used to be so mad. Like, don't let it affect your, your actual mood. Right. Um, but anymore now, no. I take Stevie's good, bad, whatever. You know, like, he's obviously doing, you know, something right. So who am I to say, like, don't engage with the haters or don't say that or um, you know, don't, you know, sometimes like, Oh, is this a good idea? But he's, he always knows what he's doing. Right. Always knows what he's doing. It's always, it always ends up fine. So. Awesome. Well, I'm going to run through these sponsors one more time. Uh, we're going to do a couple more little questions and then we're going to wrap this thing up. So I want to thank all the Pulpamex sponsors, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech Suspension, Michelin Starcross Fives, Maxima Oil, X Brand Goggles, Pro Filter. Works Connection, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost MX Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO, Ride Engineering. Great list of sponsors. Um, okay, so a couple things that stood out just real quick on the show. Um, I'm, I'm going through my notes real quick. Okay, Caslu again, he very knowledgeable guy. Um, he was asked, Nash calls in and asks, who is the most needy 100% guy, no, most needy athlete? And I was really surprised that Charles didn't, you know, waffle. He actually answered and said, if he had to answer, it'd be Marvin. Um, I, I like that honesty, even though it wasn't, he wasn't bashing Marvin in any way. Uh, Craig, what'd you that think about that? That was a loaded answer, though. It was what? That was a loaded answer. That was a loaded answer. Why? Yeah, he called out Marvin, but it was a, I, I thought it was a, a waffling big time because okay. he called out Marvin for being picky when it really is 100% that is being picky because they want to make sure that it doesn't say 0% on one side and 10% on the other side. It had nothing to do with Marvin. That's not Marvin's request. That's not Marvin's need. That was 100%'s need. So I thought he totally waffled on that one. Well, now you're changing my mind, so now I'm waffling. (laughs) Yeah, he totally turned that into, yeah, oh, yeah, Marvin's got to be the pickiest guy, and then, he went on to say that they build them special straps so that their name right. is visible. And I get it. I, I would do the same thing. But <laughs> that was that was definitely not him calling out somebody and saying, who's picky? You know? True. So, yeah. Okay. Well, you changed my mind. So way to go, Craig. 
you, you blew my whole you blew my whole opinion out of the water. But um, uh, Pookie, <laughs> sorry about that. All right, Pookie. So there's one part of the show that I've started to question a little bit whether it's played out, and that's the last segment when he's going out and he gets the guests in studio guests to say the first thing that comes to their mind about his sponsors. I'm assuming you you've sat in studio when he's done that. What do you think about that segment or that? Yeah, I saw your notes on that, and I I agree because everybody says the same thing almost because everybody it just associates everything with the pulp show. So it's like yeah, Jet is Dan Dan Truman, and you know BTO is JT, and it's yep. just that is just what the I think people think about the first thing they think about. So I mean I know it's just another way to talk about the sponsors, which is great. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe we need something else there. Yeah, I agree with you. It's starting to get repetitive. That's kind of what I was thinking, uh, Craig. What do you think? Maybe some. Uh, you got any ideas on something that could be different? Yeah, I was sitting here while you were talking, trying to think of something different. I, I don't have any ideas. And something different may be better, you know, because we are kind of hearing the same thing. But I do believe that it's a really great way to get the sponsors talked about um, without just going through the sponsor list. I think if you just sat there and read the sponsor list, one to the other, the other, the other, um, we would all probably just fast forward or, yeah. or just turn it off and not listen to it. So, yeah, we just maybe yeah, one way to get that out there. I know that the commercial sections of the show mm-hmm. are long and big, and uh, I don't know about everyone else, but I usually fast forward through them. But that segment gets me to listen to who the sponsors are, and I think that without that segment, um, his sponsors wouldn't be getting what they need. Yeah, and therefore there wouldn't be the ability to sponsor the show and, and the whole thing wouldn't work. Well, then it, that means it's working then. Um, I yeah. liked, like I, I generally fast forward through the commercials too. I used to actually listen. I think it was last year when they did like, they would do a hidden word and you could win a prize back then. I was still eligible for prizes. So I listened cause I wanted to win <laughs> some shit. Um, but now that I'm not eligible, I'm like, yeah, I'm not listening. Whatever, whatever, bro. But, uh, <laughs> I, all right, let's get to the BTO hot takes. Um, so I got an email. F- I'll read this email first. Uh, Robert Keeter sent in his BTO hot take is Justin Hill to MCR Honda. And he said, here's the reasons why. Supercross only. Incentive contracts. Uh, you want to get paid. Good bike. Tony Alessi will do what it takes. And they took on Malcolm, gave him a shot in the offseason. And look what they did for Malcolm. Uh, and last his last reason again, supercross only. Um, possibility. We're not going to discuss the hot takes too much. I just want to read them. Uh, Craig, what's your hot take? Your BTO hot take. So I called my buddy Skippy up and I said, "Hey, what is a hot take?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I and so I told him what my kind of hot take was, and he laughed at me. He said, "Stupid! It'll never happen." But I think that nobody has mentioned anything about Marvin going back to Europe. Oh wow. And I think that Antonio Crowley is going to kick butt this year, win a championship, pack it up, and they need to replace him. And I think that there is conversations happening because I got gotta, I gotta say that I'm a little bit embarrassed on how the American public have treated Marvin as nice of a man. I don't even know him, but as nice of a man as he seems like he is mm-hmm. in the tilt and as nice as she is, a little bit embarrassed on how they've been treated for the last two years. And honestly, if I were them and I was able to extend my contract for a few more years, not have to deal with the haters that yell at him for not going through the whoops and supercross and go over there. And even if he gets second place to, to hurling for the next two or three years, if he can lengthen his contract out for, you know, quite a few more years, which a lot of these riders say that they can do by not having supercross in their life. I, I I just think that there's has to be conversation happening on that. So that's kind of my hot take would be Marvin heading to Europe to replace Antonio Corolli on the factory KTM. That's a big one. I like that. I, I have talked to Marvin and Matil about this at uh, Muddy Creek and Millville last year. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I sat down and visited with them about this topic. I told them how back in the you know 80s when John michelle Bell was around, how hateful and how he would get booed, and they didn't even know that. And actually, Dylan and um, his wife, um, Nastasia, that's a hard one to say, but Nastasia, right. none of them even knew that. And um, 
you know, Dylan and Nastasia said that they don't get a lot of the negativity and Marvin hadn't got a lot until the Eli incident. So, but that's, that's a right. hot take. I like that. Just so you know, yeah. I, I posted on Twitter and Instagram earlier about the hot take and I got a text from my fiance and she said, I've got your hot take later. So we're going to wrap this thing up so I can get to that hot take. Um, Pookie. What, yeah. What's your hot take Pookie? Um, well, that was a really good one, and I also want to say that I am two 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 for life. I love Antonio Caroli, yeah. and I really love his uh, his wife Jill, and I'm so excited about their baby. Yeah. And I was on the I was on the racer um, Instagram story this weekend because I was like pretending I was an Italian supermodel walking in the supercross, <laughs> that. even though I was really walking in like all bundled up because it was freaking snowing on me. Right. Um, so yeah, two 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 for life. I didn't really know what this hot take was, but I'll tell you who the guests are going to be for the Vegas live show if you guys want yeah, that's it that, we'll take it let's do that's it awesome. it's really good okay uh well it's 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 maybe gonna be number two and number two two add in our yeah i actually was in on that when they were talking about it at the press conference or not the press conference the press box but uh that's that's big man so if you're gonna be in Pretty vegas good, right yeah that's amazing <laughs> if you're gonna be in vegas for the finals you need to get tickets uh they've been on sale um what is that theater called, Pookie? I forget. Uh, it's called The Space. Yes, thespace.com. The, uh, you can get tickets now. I have mine already, my VIPs. Craig, are you going to be in Vegas for the finals? Uh, I am not. Okay, that's a bummer. Yeah. Well, yeah. get your tickets. Chad Reed, um, Steve gave him the option. Uh, he asked him if you could either do the Friday live show or you could come in studio Monday night. And Chad wanted to do the live show so he can drink and hang out with Filippoto. And uh, it's going to be awesome. And just so you guys know. know, I am two for life, but I was also two for life for a hot minute there. And, you know, I love a fast ginger racer. So, yes. (laughs) Yes, bring me those boys, yes. Well, it's going to be good, and I'm sure that Pookie will have a few drinks, as she did in Denver. Um, So it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see it. I'm excited to be there. Uh, So thank you for your hot takes. And if you have a hot take, hit me up at darkside at pulpmx.com and send me your hot take, and I'll read it on the air. And if you want to get involved with the show, same email address. Let me know you want to be on on one of the future episodes of the wrap-up show, and we'll make it happen. Thank you for coming on the show, Pookie. Thank you for coming on the show, Craig. Um, I hope this. I hope the listeners like this episode, and we are done. Why would you want to talk, re-talk about the Pulp Show? 